0: Thank you for tuning in to this message from Kingdom Airs International, headquarters located in Flagstaff, Arizona. So last week was teaching. Stephanie's rubbing her hands together in anticipation and excitement. Are we feeling excited? Are we feeling nervous? Little bit of both. Are we feeling a little heaviness maybe? I know there was heaviness last week because when I listened to the podcast, it was like silent. <laughs> I didn't know anyone was here other than dad. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. I could, hear, I could hear response and I don't mean that in a way of, where were you guys? But really it felt through the podcast heavy. You could feel the word, the intention the environment even through the podcast and i could see your expressions (laughs) without seeing your faces and what's happening just to take us kind of back it always helps it it helps us to go forward and to keep taking those next steps when we remember where we've been and we're able to see it as a big fluid picture so, where we were was a group of people that knew and felt that there was more that came out of tradition and religion and said, We want full access to Him. We know that we were granted that with salvation, but for some reason, I'm still separated. Right? So, He bound us together. And then he set us on this course, this process, we've walked out these steps, these seasons, these years of religion, tradition, what we've known, literally being stripped. And now we're in a place where he has said, it's time to rebuild. And the rebuilding we thought was going to be new. We're building something new. And he said, well, actually (laughs) you're building my original kingdom, right? So we're now displacing the kingdoms that man has built. He's positioning us, he's preparing us, he's equipping us to tear down the kingdoms that we've built, which is why it's such a personal, intimate process, which is why it can be hard to continue saying yes. But then we're also tearing down the structures in the kingdoms that the world has built and that the bride has built, that the church herself has built. So individually, within the bride and the world, all of those kingdoms that have been erected and built we're called to tear down and simultaneously we're rebuilding His. And in this last year, that has felt like an absolute whirlwind, this last year has been the, the big parts, I know there's a lot, but divestment,
1: engagement,
0: unity, how all of those things work together, right? That two sides, the two sides of the coin. And in order to engage, we have to disengage. When we disengage, we get to engage, right? And we're walking out what it looks like to lay down those things that keep us separated from him. And as we do that, he adds, he adds. And we're moving towards covenant. And what's so powerful about that is this could feel like, well, I know this. I know that I'm in covenant with him. I know what it means to focus on him. I know that my life is meant to be all about him and that I live for him. And yes, you lay down your life and it's all unto him. That can sound like things that we know, but really if we're rebuilding if we're building for the first time has anyone ever done this before no so if we're rebuilding for the first time then that means that all of this is being rewritten covenant is being rewritten so when we're talking about loyalty and what was released last week it's something i've never known in the way that he's always intended. I've never really known how to pledge myself fully and wholly to him because there was a part of me that felt like salvation was the end of the process. Am I alone in that? And that the multiplication of salvation was all that was required of me. But we now know that salvation was the invitation to literally building his kingdom on earth, to governing her, to becoming that priesthood that was released about last week. And there's an order, there's an order to the building process. And it's led us here where he's going to teach us we're being led in what it looks like to pledge ourselves to make a vow a promise to him and to him alone and what it means to walk in that to activate that in our lives every day So I know tonight is going to be a more practical response to last week, but it's really the beginning. It's the sending us in moving forward because a pledge an oath is something that you're going to activate the rest of your life, right? My promise to John only began on our wedding day wasn't like, okay, it's done. Right? It was now you have to learn. Now you have to activate that promise. I have to walk that promise out every moment of every day. And if I don't grow in that every moment of every day, I might not be able to fulfill or sustain that promise. So while it's going to feel very practical in the way that we're led tonight, know that it's ascending you forward. And it's just the beginning, because when you make a pledge, when you promise yourself over, that means until, until death, right? Until death until death, that's the pledge. So it only begins now. Which is why it requires such a level of somber, serious reflection and commitment. I think sometimes it's hard for us because the rebuilding is new. It can be hard for things like this to really be taken seriously because in the old everything was the same. It was another sermon. It was another, it was more, more of salvation, more right? It just, it it was so monotonous and it really left us so empty and void, and it led us nowhere. But in that, cycle in that loop that we've worked hard as a family to get out of. (laughs) So there can still be like, as we're wrestling to fully walk out the new, there can still kind of be this pull sometimes, even at a subconscious level of monotony or complacency, right? Even though you as a people, this family, we are not complacent people. We're not. You are not complacent. Right? I mean, sometimes we want to be because rebuilding is not super enjoyable. It is easier to just do this over and over. It's, it's like what, what dad was releasing last week, that grace and responsibility. Staying at grace is so easy. And inviting someone into that grace is so easy. And we struggled with that, right? Like as a people. It's okay. I just mean we we struggled with with extending grace, (laughs) let alone (laughs) receiving responsibility and multiplying responsibility. We could teach on that for years, the grace and responsibility, truly. And I know, I know that we will, like I know that Yahweh will walk us through in this rebuilding more and more and more so that we really understand. But we're not gonna be overwhelmed by that because this is the beginning and we have a lifetime. Yes, we have a lifetime. Okay. I just wanted to say before dad gets up here, that even though our family wasn't physically here last week, that what I loved about, I could see, just like I could see your guys' faces, I could see him as he was releasing. I could see him pacing. I could see his shoulders. I could see like (laughs) like just in the way that he was talking, you could see it, you could feel it. Remember, when he leads us, when he leads this house, that he is, he is your, your earthly, your physical representation of Yahweh. So when he walks like this, and when he says, if you're mad, if, if you're mad at me, did that overwhelm anybody's heart? If you're mad at me, It's okay but know that if I don't say this I would not be loving you if I ended at grace and I didn't extend that responsibility to you I would not be a loving father right that's powerful what a gift that we have a representation an overflow on earth an expression So, when he presents us with something that he's going to say, this is super practical, it's a tool from Yahweh to rebuild and reestablish his kingdom in you and on earth. It's serious. So, thank you for loving us the way that you do. It's not easy. Not because we're not lovable. <laughs> but that kind of love is hard.
1: Amen. <clears throat> um, I just, I, I want to, I want each of the men in here to know how what a precious commodity you are. like each one of you is precious. Tyler, you're precious to Yahweh. John, you're precious. Steve, you're precious. I know that's not like, right? As men, we don't want to be described as precious, (laughs) right? But when you think of something that's precious and the value of it, and how what we're seeing happening in the world and and what the world says manhood is and, and just, one of the most destructive things is like a, a home without a father in it. It can be one of the most destructive things. And so I just want you guys to know how precious you are, right? I, even even uh, I mean, you get what I'm saying. You're precious. There is not a huge supply of men like you. You guys are the few. And Yahweh called you as a cornerstone of your home. Cornerstone sets parameters for everything else to be in alignment. Right? We know that Yeshua from scripture, he's the cornerstone. You guys are the cornerstones of your home. Without the cornerstone, it's very easy for things to be out of alignment. And so I'm just, um, I'm hugely humbled to just be in your company. And I don't know if men hear that a whole lot. Um, Tonight is gonna be more practical, but like Megan said, just adding that, I've never felt, in this house we're about equipping of the saints, that's always been a call. Ephesians 4, equipping of the saints. And I've never felt that I've equipped the saints with anything with a magnitude like this before, if that makes sense, right? We're always after the equipping of the saints and the revelation and and the appropriation of what the scripture says so that the saints can mature into... The, the manhood of Yeshua, right? We're always after that, but I've never felt the magnitude of this type of equipping. Just, you know, what's briefly summarized on this paper that we're going to get into tonight. Um, it's something that will be a guidepost as you develop this in your own home. It's going to be something that's going to be a guidepost for when there's chaos and confusion and confrontation, you'll be able to cut through all of that because you have a guidepost. You have things that you that you are, are walking out because of your beliefs and you can line up things and it becomes very easy to say, no, I'm not doing this. This is what I have to do. This is something I can't tolerate. Those things will become very easy. It could be confusion with family dynamics. It could be things that are emotional. It could be things that are difficult. It could be things that are challenging. It could be a straight up confrontation or somebody demanding something of you. It could be any number of things that without convictions or without pledges or loyalties, like I was saying last week, there'll be no criticism because there's no press and you could easily just get lost and find yourself doing whatever. without articulating or demonstrating what those moral convictions are, without that, without having this in a prominent place in your house where everybody sees it on their way in and on their way out, where your kids can see it, where you talk about it, it could be very easy to just get to just find yourself somewhere that you never thought you would be. I feel like as we develop this, as we start this commissioning process Always commissioning each and every home. That's not something that we've ever experienced. I'm confident in saying that. I haven't seen it. I haven't experienced it in the church community where a home is being commissioned. I've seen ministers be ordained and hands laid on them, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but this is different because each and every home is being commissioned as we go into the day season for a purpose. I feel like if you've ever been confused about your calling, maybe you have no idea what your calling is. I feel like as you begin to write these pledges out, it's going to become clear to you what your calling is. Because as I thought about this and as I prepared for this, it became very, I'm confident of what my call is, but it became very clear how, every prophetic word I've ever gotten can li- lines right up with the pledges that that we have as a family. And so I don't I don't know if you know all of that makes sense hopefully it will as we begin to go through this process as as individual households but I just wanted to I'm just kind of overwhelmed at just... What Yahweh's doing as as we were doing communion and just seeing, you know, just seeing what's happening, it's powerful. It's like Derek said that Yahweh something something gets activated when you step into these things that don't look like victory to other people. Right? The King of Kings, when he when he did his victory ride, he didn't come in a tank, he didn't come in a in a the most expensive, you know, horse he could find. He came on a donkey, right? The king of kings on a donkey. And I feel like, pe- and people did, they're just like, what, you know, I can only imagine they're looking at him like, well, king of what? But he kn- he knew. And I feel like that's that's the type of Honor and authority from another realm that we're engaging when we're doing what we're doing because we're honoring what he honors. Um, if you guys want to, if you have your word, you turn to uh, Joshua 24 15. <clears throat> uh, this scripture has been like. This is like my scripture, I just claim it, it's mine. (laughs) If anybody ever asked me, what's your favorite part of the word? Who's your favorite person? It's Joshua, Joshua 24, 15. That's like my, that's, I love it. And as I was pressing in about a family engaging what it means to develop pledges for each and every one of your households, That this thing that we're going to engage in together, um, this scripture came to mind. And this should be everybody's first pledge on your, on your, you know, the one that you're going to develop for your house. Basically, verse 15 says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That should be pledge number one. But as I was reflecting on this and I was reading this verse, it's just, it's amazing to me how Yahweh has like woven this tapestry of everything we're doing. Sometimes you can't see where you're going or you can't, you don't have a bird's eye view of where he's taking you. But there's these times when he reveals something to you and he makes it clear that he's got it all mapped out. He's taking, he has, he's ordained every step we've taken as a family. Joshua 24, 15 says, if it seems bad to you to worship Adonai, then choose for yourselves today whom you will serve, whether the gods that your fathers worshiped that were beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will worship Adonai. What's crazy to me about that is Joshua was... When you read these, these chapters in Joshua, when you read chapter 24, this is him on his deathbed. He's, he's dying. He knows he's dying. And the next uh, chapter talks about Joshua's burial. So literally the last thing he says is this. And he's speaking to the nation of Israel. He's speaking to his children. He's speaking to the next generation, those that are going to carry on what he carried. He's saying as for me and my house we will serve the lord so he's he's making a pledge he's he's reiterating the pledge that he's lived by to the next generation and if you remember when we were looking at um, psalm 78 the importance that yahweh stressed about teaching the next generation about loyalty because he said your ancestors your fathers didn't have heart and they didn't have loyalty and he chastised them for it, right? So we know how important loyalty is to Yahweh, even over sacrifice. Now, what's interesting to me about this is you have Joshua, this amazing man on his deathbed, which I just, I was impressed about this, so I just want to throw it out there. Joshua was Moshe's spiritual son. And I don't know why, but I just felt that it's important as we're as we're just talking about pledges and loyalties this this the way that we operate is by the spirit of adoption in this house and i feel like that very thing has been so criticized right praise yahweh right from last week because when you st- when you start demonstrating your moral convictions things that you believe to be the truth you're going to encounter criticism. So I just began to be impressed about, as I was thinking about tonight, about all the places where there's the operation of the spirit of adoption in scripture. Mordecai and Esther, Moshe and Joshua, uh, Paul and Timothy, right? Eunice and Lois and Paul. I mean, it's it's just all over the place. And so when we when we operate or we walk those things out in this house that there's criticism and I just I just felt like it's it's just one of those things where you walk in a confidence of it because you know it for yourself not because anybody else told you but I just I just that's just a side note Joshua is on his deathbed being a bridge for the next generation to cross over because he had a spiritual father who commissioned him publicly before everybody. He had a Moshe who said who Yahashua was and now you have him on his deathbed and he's doing it again. He's operating in the dynamic that Yahweh said, that Yahweh chastised the house of Israel for because they didn't do it. Now what's crazy about this is is. He's saying, choose whom you will serve, whether that's the God of your fathers or the God that your fathers worshiped beyond the river. If you remember uh, a while back, we were talking about our Hebrew roots and where does, why is that important? And who was the, who was the, original Hebrew do you guys remember who that was Eber and what did what did he do to preserve out of his loyalty what he what did he do to demonstrate his faith when the Tower of Babel was being built huh he crossed over he crossed over the river Eber means the it means crossing over or the land beyond, right? Because the the root word of Eber is a bar, crossing over. And so, what's crazy to me is Joshua is making this reference about the original Hebrew and where he went to to demonstrate his faith, how he walked out his faith. Joshua is basically saying you're either going to worship the same God that the people that cross over worship, the same God that Eber worshiped, right? The same God that Abraham worshiped, or you're going to worship the gods that, uh, that used to reside where you're living, which is the land of Canaan, the Canaanites, right? Because Joshua was sent into Canaan. He basically took over. He occupied it. So he's saying you're either going to worship pagan gods or you're going to worship the gods who your fathers worshipped that crossed over. The God from from the, the beyond place, beyond the river. So you can see how this loyalty baton is being passed and it's spanning generations. You can see how this is the, this is the proper way to operate. Right? So when you... When we look at this, Joshua 24, 15, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And he's basically presenting to the people, you're either gonna serve the, the God of the beyond place or the gods of that used to reside where you're living now. And so as we go through this, and it's like I said, it's gonna be more practical. basically I want to I want to kind of give an example of what this might look like and it's gonna look a little different for everybody but it should have kind of the same DNA right should kind of have the same underlying things so you're gonna have your so you're gonna have your statement in your house that you develop for your home you don't literally have to put it up I would but this is something that you carry as a household, right? The the, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord and then breaking it down into exactly what that means for you in your house. And this is why I was stressing the importance last week of of men going first. Because like I said, you're the cornerstone. You've been called to be the cornerstone of your family. So it's important that the head of the home is the one saying, "Okay, these are the parameters. This is how we're going to align ourselves. This is this is what our family's about." So, Stephanie, first first you have to decide who you're going to serve. Right? You're serving something. Whether you say it or not, right? So, first you have to decide whom you're going to serve. Right? As for me and my house, We will serve the Lord. That's number one, right? And then you're going to break it down into your, your faith, which is your moral convictions, and your works, which is the demonstration of those moral convictions. And when you combine these two things, that'll be one of the pledges that your household lives by. Does that make sense? So as an example, for our house, we believe in the expression of the spirit of adoption, right? Just as an example. We believe in the expression of the spirit of adoption, right? It's in scripture, we see it. And so what is the demonstration of that? So first you have to identify what your beliefs are, right? This is, this is where all of this is going to bring things into clarity because if you, if you have moral convictions but you've never really thought about exactly what they are or you've never articulated them or you've never had to defend them to somebody, right? If you've never had to do that, this is going to force you to do that. So this is just an example. At Kingdom Heirs, as the father of the house, we operate by the spirit of adoption. What does that mean to demonstrate that? I have to, real, I have to, I have to think about what does that mean to walk that out? That means that I, I express this, right? What the father told me with Amber and Jay, he, he told me, I want you to express my heart to them, towards them. All it is is an expression. But what does that mean to me when I interpret that, when I pray about that? That means that I need to love them like Yahweh loves them as a father, right? I need to be willing to lay my life down for them. I need to be willing to impart everything I have into them. I need to believe that they'll do greater things than I'll do, right? All that goes into that. And I have to demonstrate that remember when we were saying about faith without works is dead well if i have this belief but i'm not willing to do this then that means i have dead faith okay now what's going to happen we all know on some level what's going to happen right because the the manifestation of this the fruit of this is i'm now referred to as dad that's just one thing Right? You guys can see where this is going. And this is where the criticism comes sometimes. Oh, what are they replacing your parents? Is dishonoring to your parents? Is it, uh, who do they think they are? Right? Like, I, I have to be willing to endure all that because I have to demonstrate this. If I truly believe this, this is why it's going to look a little different for everybody. This is just an example. If I believe the power of the spirit of adoption and discipleship and how that's wholly different from a a student, teacher, pastor, congregant, you know, whatever other type of relationship. There's a relational aspect here that is covenant and it's way more intimate and it's way more intense and it's lifelong. Which means we don't have the freedom in this relationship to. Why well, I, I don't like how you did that, so I'm just going to go to another church, right? I'm not, <laughs> you get what I'm saying. So you ha- you have to be able to demonstrate that. This means that if for some reason Jay gets upset with me and he doesn't want to talk to me anymore, I don't just get to write him off. Well, he does. He what he did this. He did that. So I don't get to do that because I have to demonstrate my conviction. If we're not willing to demonstrate our convictions, then your faith is dead. If you preach about forgiveness, but you don't walk out forgiveness, if you don't demonstrate forgiveness, then your faith in forgiveness is dead. Another one for, for us, for the Brewer House, or just, for Kingdom Heirs. Raise children up in the way they should go. That's a big one. We've had you know ministry with raising kids, and we believe that. Raise children up in the way they should go. That's a belief. That's on the faith side. This is how we're gonna break this down. Your, your beliefs or moral convictions what it looks like to demonstrate those, and then you develop statements out of that. If my belief is that I should raise children up in the way they should go, to me a demonstration of that is I have to deal, I have to deal with discipling my kids. I have to discipline my kids. I have to lay my selfish desires down to send my kids into a greater place than I've walked. Because I'm raising them up. I, I like to think of an archer putting a, a bow or putting an arrow on a bow and raising it up to the target. Right? when Men, when you raise your children, moms, when you raise your children... you're you're lining them up on a target, and you're sending them, right? You're raising them up in the way they should go. And for us personally, for mom and I, we believe that we should set our children up to be in a better place than we were, right? Whether that's spiritually, emotionally, financially, we try to do all those things. And when it comes to demonstrating that, there were years in the beginning of our marriage, probably 10, where we would invest money, save money, put money away for college, to the point that we were were just, the majority of it was going into their savings accounts, their investments, all that stuff. And I would always forget that. And I would want to say, hey, let's have pizza tonight. Mom, because I didn't manage the money at that time. I knew nothing about managing money, right? And she's like, we can't, we don't have the money. And I'm like, you know, and then I would, well, I'm the man in this house and I should be able to do pizza if I want, right? We'd have that stupid fight. But she would lovingly remind me, we're putting so much money in the bank because our kids are gonna be in a better position than we were, right? We're legacy-minded. We believe in legacy, right? Just like this this dynamic with Joshua on his deathbed and what he's, what he's leaving with the next generation to carry on for their unborn children. We believe in legacy and this is part of it. So you can see how, how this is gonna kind of work. And it's interesting because as I was thinking about this this morning, Yahweh was, was showing me just like, as I was thinking about our family's pledges, which we've never written down, it's just kind of things that, we, uh, that we've identified with, is when I thought about the, the prophetic words that have been spoken over my life, they've always been kind of the same. Like people that don't know each other all over the map, we'll get prophetic words and it'll be like the exact same word. And just as, and this is where I'm talking about, things will start to become clear. When you start, whatever's, whatever faith or convictions, right? All the scriptures should be a conviction, but whatever ones that Yahweh has specifically highlighted to you, it's going to align, I can almost guarantee it, with prophetic words that have been spoken over your life and what you're called to, Okay. And we're walking into the day season and we've just been working on our stars and all of this is going to line up. So the prophetic words that mom and I have usually gotten, can you guys guess? <laughs> Father and mother has pretty much been the, the central point of every word. Uh, one guy came to town and, and this still wrecks me to this day, but he was prophesying. He said, the father's calling you father. And and Yahweh reminded me of that because I wanted to say it to you guys that the father's calling you father. The father's calling you men fathers. Noel, the father's calling you father. Like it, when he said that, <sighs> right, mom, people prophesied. We went to Canada and we were at, um, I can't remember, like, what's the what's the revival place in Canada? Like, catch, catch the fire? Catch the fire? I don't know. It was some big revival. We just happened to go there and these these young kids were practicing prophecy and they're like, right? We don't know these kids. And they're looking at us and they're like, man, we just feel like you guys are like a father and a mother and we're like, <laughs> get out of here. Right? But Mom has gotten so many words, mother to many, mother to many, right? And you can kind of see how, I mean, spirit of adoption, raise children up in the way they should go, legacy, right? All of these things that Yahweh's convicted us about, and he's called us to demonstrate it, which I firmly believe is why things have gone the way they've gone. When you're called and you believe in a spirit of adoption and somebody gives something over to you, to adopt it or some, or Yahweh's calling you to birth something, the demonstration of that cannot be, well, I'm just going to choose whether I want to do that or not. Right? Like if, if Yahweh impregnates you with a vision, you can't just say, well, I'm not going to do that. If you believe in, in, you know, you guys get what I'm saying. Now the other thing to this is there's different so you're going to you're going to make these statements. You're going to develop these statements as a family. And the burden of carrying this is on the heads of the house. The burden's on you. Right? The expectations on you. Right? Same for Derek, same for right? The The other thing that we're going to do with this is we're going to make these statements in reference to Yahweh. However many. Right? Pledges loyalties to Yahweh. Then you're going to... People you're called to. Right? So the easy thing in this case would be this family right here right? Not saying only this family, but that's a, it's a good example. And then the third part is going to be Samaria, which I just called it. You guys can't even read what I'm writing. The third part is going to be Samaria. And I just called it that because we're called to the ends of the earth, to Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So basically our relationship to Yahweh, our relationship to each other that we're called to covenant with, and then everybody else. You should have pledges and loyalties that you write out that fall into each of these categories, ideally, right? So you're going to start with the things that you believe, right? The things that Yahweh's put on your heart. These should be scripturally based, these things. (laughs) And then what does it look like to demonstrate that? What does it look like to walk it out? And the key here is what does it look like to demonstra- demonstrate those things under pressure? Okay um, One other scripture that I thought was interesting, Second 2 Timothy 2:15 says, "To present yourself as a workman approved." Rightly dividing the word of truth. And I just wanted to throw that scripture out there as well to emphasize what we were talking about last week that there's an approval that Yahweh will give you or not as a workman. And that word workman is the same root word when we were talking about faith without works is dead. It's the same word. So there's an aspect of Yahweh's approval Right, And this sounds weird because we've been so focused on grace. There's an aspect of Yahweh's approval based on your works. But the right understanding of works. Not just, you know, I'm going to go out and serve so many plates to the homeless. Or I'm going to go out and get so many people saved. Right? Not those kind of works. We're talking about show yourself approved an approved workman. One who demonstrates his convictions, show yourself approved. Okay? So, what I want you guys to do, um, if we could pass those out, here's just kind of a little template or a guideline that basically summarizes what I just wrote up here, what I just explained to you guys. What? You wrote it all down. Thanks. <clears throat> I thought it was cool that um, we're spending spring break with the Whitingers. They're staying with us at the hotel. And, uh, yeah, it's awesome. 14 people. Just chaos. And uh, I thought it was cool that, t- you know, today we decided that, the you know, the kids and the wives could stay home and continue to hang out, and the men were going to come. And uh just want to say how much I appreciate Tyler. Um, so yeah, if you guys look over this, you could see what I just broke down. So I, I literally want you, as you develop this, we'll just call it a draft. This is gonna be something that I encourage you to place in a prominent place in your house. To look at it, to talk about it with your families, talk about it with your children, talk about it with your spouse, right? And and really build that family identity because one of the things that I can say is a fruit of all this is family identity. There's things that my kids know. This is what we do as brewers. This is what we don't do, right? There's there's things in Kingdom Heirs when you feel bound to the house, when you feel in covenant, when you feel bonded with the family, there's things that you would say, kingdom heirs don't do that. We don't tolerate that. Or this is what we stand for. It builds family identity, right? And so I encourage you to take this thing that you're going to work, you're going to develop as a family with your children, with your spouse, right? You're going to develop it and you're going to, this is going to be something that's central to your home right? Not, not literally about the piece of paper, but eventually it'll get to the point where it's written on your family's heart, right? Right? It's no longer, uh, they don't have to look at it to read it, to find out, right? It's written on your family's heart, which is the goal. And so I encourage you guys to do that, but we'll take, um, we'll take the next 15 minutes and just kind of brainstorm on this sheet. You know, you could just be things that the Holy Spirit impresses upon you. It could be a phrase. It could be a two words that he says. Okay, this is one belief or something associated with this. And just kind of work together on that. Talk with your family, talk with your kids. Um, you know, let this be an engagement process with the entire family. And uh, what we're going to plan to do with this as part of this commissioning process that I'm seeing is you're gonna develop this and you're gonna, is it, Ellen, what week was it when we're gonna present those? Next week. Next week, right? Okay. So what we foresee happening in kind of the way that Yahweh has laid it out is that the, this is going to solidify things moving forward. This is going to be something powerful that allows you to really turn the corner into the day season with everything that Yahweh intended for you to turn the corner into the day season with. Because like I said in the beginning, once you really articulate this and you develop this, it will become a guidepost when confusing things begin to happen or you begin to get confronted, you can go back and orient yourself based on the pledges and the loyalties that you've created and articulated for your household, and that will safeguard your trajectory or where Yahweh's called you to go. This is one of those things where there's grace and expectation because now that we're learning this right now that this truth is being imparted to the house if you don't if you half-heartedly do it you're kind of opening yourself up so i would submit to you either 100 percent do it or don't do it <laughs> like either decide okay, now's the time for me to do this. There's no better time. I'm doing it a thousand percent or I'm not doing it. Because if you, if you half-heartedly do it, you're, you're, it's like that lukewarm state. Okay? So I'm going to give you, I cut into your 15 minutes. So you guys go ahead and just, and there's no there's no proper way to do this. I just gave you this template as something that can help But what we're developing, what you end up developing, and what it ends up looking like for your own household is uh, an equipping, it's a tremendous equipping for the day season, and not just this day season, but moving forward in general for what Yahweh's asked all of you to carry. Okay? Guys, go ahead. How's everybody doing? Does anybody have any questions? Everybody good? um before we wind down i think it is so as you're developing these with your family and continue to look at this and and try to develop it to a point that you can bring it back next week but i really feel like uh there's something to the things spoken over your life being connected to the loyalties and the calling and putting those together like puzzle pieces will make things more clear um, and the reason why I'm saying that is because as I've, just even today, Yahweh's been bringing back to my mind words that have been spoken that, that affirm to me that I'm on the right path that he wants me to be on. Um, there was a time, I think it was like 10 years ago, this guy named Will Ford uh, spoke a word over me. And he said, you're a bridge that people will walk on. And I was like, come on, man, what is that? Like, thanks, you know, like, (laughs) but crossing over has been such a big part of, like, to me, that's what Yahashua was doing. He was being a bridge for the next generation to cross over with carrying that legacy. And he also, and the same guy said, you're a reconciler. And at the time, I didn't really know what that meant. I didn't know there was a ministry of reconciliation that we all receive, but that's what he spoke over me. And the reason why I think that's important and why that affirms where we're going is because when you think about the identity of being Hebrews that Yahweh has led us to, if you guys remember, there's, there's, um, shoot, slipping my mind now. The nation of Israel was broken down into 12 tribes. Jews come from one tribe, the tribe of Judah. The rest of the tribes are not Jewish. Right? You can be... Let me see if I say this right. Not all Hebrews are Jews, but all Jews are Hebrew. Right? And when we think about the ministry of reconciliation, what Apostle Paul was talking about was the one new man neither Jew nor Gentile, but one new man being created in Yeshua. And that's, that happens under the umbrella of the Hebrew culture. Right? So when I think about our calling and how we're walking that out and what our loyalties have been, our loyalties, our demonstration of what we believe has safeguarded the place we're walking now. And when I think about everything that's been prophesied over me personally or our family, it lines up with the loyalties and the things that we've been walking out, which safeguard where we're going. So I just point that out because as, as I've been studying this and preparing our family for this type of thing, it's, it's like I'm getting revelation about just what the path that we're on and encouragement and affirmation and all these things are like tying together for me. So I wanna encourage you guys to also be mindful of those three areas as you're developing this. And like I said, things will become clear to you. I can almost guarantee it. In those areas, things will become clear. You'll probably even remember things that have been spoken over you or thing, curses that have been spoken over you that would try to basically not distract you from these things because right? there's curses that have been spoken over my life that are like the opposite of these things okay thank
0: you for listening to this message from Kingdom Airs International if you have received insight and revelation with this message we invite you to claim that revelation by trading on the trading floor with this ministry you can do that
1: at org. thank you